You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host, and got just a whole gaggle of injury updates, some involving some very big-name fantasy players, also some big-name real-world players, too. A lot of overlap in those two groups. So I'll be getting to those. Also be getting to a segment with Dane Perry from CBSSports.com later on in the show. And going to talk a lot of Cardinals with Dane because uh, he has a lot of Cardinals opinions that I read on Twitter. So I wanted to get him here on the air to share those and uh, discuss. So uh, really looking forward to talking with Dane a little bit later. Uh, Got a whole bunch of uh, big hitting pitching performances. Actually, you know what? Not so many big pitching performances. But enough to talk about on this show. But let's get to all those injury updates. John Lester, about this time yesterday, was getting hammered by the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, was lifted early from that game with a trainer. Uh, that actually was all happening in real time, uh, like I said, about this time yesterday when I was doing the show here. Uh, well, now we know that he's been diagnosed with tightness in his lat, but also shoulder fatigue. And I have not seen anything definitive about uh, a timeline for his return. In fact, it's really been sort of all over the place. So initially, before we knew the test results for Lester, I remember seeing in a couple of places that he might only miss one or two starts. Then when the diagnosis was made, uh, one of the reports I saw said, he'll be back this season, which is far less encouraging. And then I'm seeing this from uh, earlier today from CSN Chicago uh, that uh, he is not, it's not expected to be too bad, which is vague, but more encouraging than he'll be back this season. So I, uh, I don't have anything, unfortunately, more definitive or more positive for you about John Lester. But, you know, the good news is that a short DL stint, uh, he was just placed on the DL just a while ago, by the way, a uh, short DL stint isn't, isn't apparently ruled out. So I'll try to find out more, uh, if I can during the hour. But uh, in much better news, Steven Strasburg is set to return from the DL this Saturday against the Padres. So that is uh, certainly good news. And actually, there's a whole bunch of Nationals news here, that uh, uh, most of which is encouraging. Trey Turner and Jason Worth are both close to going on rehab assignments that, according to Masson and their Twitter account, Sean Kelly was uh, activated yesterday. However, Ryan Madsen was placed on the DL with a finger sprain. So lots of DL comings and goings there uh, with the Nationals. And Nolan Arenado re-injured his left hand. Uh, That got hit by a pitch uh, in the series over the weekend against Marlins. Uh, X-rays were negative. So very good news there for Nolan Arenado. Just another bruise for him. Anyways, lots, lots more to get to. Haven't even gotten to the Trevor Rosenthal DL news yet so that much much more right after this break in 
2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, the host of this show, and I've got a little bit of John Lester update for you, but i uh, going to keep you hanging on here for about 30 seconds because uh, I need to tell you that you can now take the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network with you wherever you go. Just download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime or anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill. You can hear Greg Sussman on the subway or just relax with the king on the couch or with Jake Seeley when you're jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. Get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. So back to John Lester uh, during the break, had a chance to take a quick look at a report from MLB.com. And in that one, uh, said that Lester's only expected to miss two starts. There was a quote from Joe Madden saying he thought it would be a minimum 10-day DL stay. That's great news. Uh, the other thing I was remiss uh, in not mentioning uh, previously when I brought this up was that um, Mike Montgomery is going to fill in for Lester for those apparently just two starts that he's uh, expected to miss. And Montgomery pitched really, really well in long relief with that early exit to Lester yesterday against the Reds. But let's get to some other news, a lot to get to, actually. Uh, so Trevor Rosenthal, as expected, placed on the DL with his uh, elbow issue. And last night we got a little bit of a sneak preview as to what the uh, what Mike Matheny might do in save situations. It turned out actually not to be a save situation, but in the eighth inning it looked like it was. And so rather than saving Tyler Lyons for the ninth, he used him in the eighth and uh, kept Sungwon Oh uh, in reserve for that save opportunity. Oh did come in and pitch the ninth, uh, but with the Cardinals tacking on some runs, that uh, was not a safe situation for Sungwon Oh. But then I read elsewhere that uh, O and Lions could uh, share safe situations, particularly when there are lefties. You may be seeing Tyler Lyons. So if you did what I did and you spent a little chunkier fab money to get Tyler Lyons, might not be a complete waste. I also think with all the inconsistencies that we've seen from O this year, and the very stellar performance that we've seen from Tyler, Tyler Lyons now over several weeks, that uh, I, I still think that you could see Lyons pick up quite a few saves, especially if, if Rosenthal's out for a while. Also in Cardinals news, Adam White, Wainwright is seeing team physicians about some uh, ongoing elbow pain that he's been experiencing. So uh, it is likely that we'll see Luke Weaver step into the Cardinals rotation. I do not know for sure if uh, there's going to be a DL stint uh, in Adam Wainwright's future, but it sounds like a distinct possibility. Also don't know about Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, we should know more later today. He left yesterday's start against the Rangers with soreness in his right side. 
That is to be evaluated today. So don't know uh, yet what the results of that are, if that's even occurred yet. Uh, Robbie Grossman has a fractured left thumb and was placed on the disabled list today. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. And the Twins have called up catcher Mitch Garver from AAA Rochester uh, to take his spot on the uh, the roster. I'm not really exactly sure how the Twins are planning to use Garver, but he's had a really nice breakout year in AAA with uh, a nice uptick in power, some good uh, on-base skills for Garver. So he's had a, had a nice season. Uh, don't know... Again, maybe if he's going to DH some. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I would guess there's a, enough of a, a roster crunch there in Minnesota. I wouldn't expect regular playing time from Garver, but maybe somebody to pick up in an AL-only league. And uh, Twins are also currently sorting out their pitching situation. They've got a, a doubleheader coming up against the White Sox on Monday. And there was a report that Steven Gonzalez was on a short list to uh, make that start. So that's it's hardly definitive. Uh, there's certainly other other options there uh, that the uh, the Twins could turn to, uh, including Tim Melville. But uh, just the fact that Gonzalez would make that sort of a short list, I have to see, I have to admit, when I saw that uh, report from Mike Berardino, I was a little bit surprised because he was only promoted fairly recently to AAA. Uh, but he's had a really nice year. He's a good prospect. Uh, and if he doesn't pitch in this doubleheader, maybe we see him in September. I don't know. That is that is pure speculation. I haven't read that anywhere. I'm just surprised to see that he is uh, still in the mix there for a potential 26th man call-up. Kevin Kiermeyer has been activated off the DL. He is going to be in the Rays lineup tonight. I have not seen that lineup yet. I'm going to check right now just to see. There are a couple new lineups out. Rays aren't one of them, but I did see a report that uh, Kiermaier is going to be in the lineup and he's going to be leading off. So that's fantastic news. Uh, I have not seen this officially yet, but I've seen it reported that Malik Smith is expected to be optioned back to AAA to make room for Kiermaier. So if you've got Malik Smith, you're counting on him for steals. Uh, count on him, most likely no more, for at least a while. Alex Cobb should be back for the Rays, possibly as soon as next Tuesday. Talked about that on yesterday's show briefly, that he was expected next week. Now there's a little bit more shape to uh, the potential rotation plans for the uh, for the Rays. And this is important not only if you're a, a Cobb owner or if you're interested in picking him up, but if Cobb does get that Tuesday start, that would be against the Blue Jays. That would also line him up for a second start at St. Louis. So you'd have a home against the Blue Jays on the road against the Cardinals next week for Alex Cobb if he did come back as soon as next Tuesday. So definitely keep an eye on that one. Odubel Herrera has been, uh, he's missed a few games with a sore left hamstring. And so the Phillies are now considering putting him on the disabled list. And finally, uh, Nationals principal owner and vice chairman Mark Lerner has been reported, has been dealing with some cancer, has been dealing with cancer in his left leg, and he actually had to have the leg amputated. Um, so best wishes to Mark Lerner. Uh, he is now uh, reportedly cancer free, uh, but. Uh, uh, wishing uh, all the best for, for Mark Lerner. So let's uh, take a look at some of the big hitter performances on kind of a light schedule. 
for Thursday, but wasn't light in terms of big power-hitting performances. Three batters with two homers on Thursday. Josh Donaldson, who's just having an incredible August after uh, being a little bit of a letdown this season between the, the numbers not being quite about uh, quite where we have expected them to be based on recent seasons, uh, but also you know, some, some injury time. But uh, Donaldson went two for three with a couple of homers. He's now up to 20 homers on the season. Also walked in that game. And so now for the month of August, he's hitting 400 with nine home runs already in the month of August. And just 11% strikeout rate. That, for me, maybe as much as the nine home runs and the 400 batting average, maybe more, is the key number. Because when you broke down what was, quote-unquote, wrong with Donaldson, and I'm, I'm putting those in quotes because he was still having a very good season. Like I said, just not up to his usual very, very high standards. Um, it was well, You could really trace it to the, to the strikeout rate because there was good power there, uh, but the, the increase in strikeout rate you know, just made it difficult for him to put up the similar numbers that we're used to seeing. But now he's really kind of overcompensated or uh, regressed to the other direction maybe. I don't know. But 11% strikeout rate in the month of August, so... Uh, he is doing good things, but basically getting his numbers back right around to the point where we would have expected them to be in the first place. So that's that's pretty nice. I mean, if, if you prorate what he's done so far power wise, uh, but accounted for Donaldson having played a full season, basically he, he could have had a 40 home run season this year if he had not missed that time based on the rate of home runs that he's hit so far. So absolutely nothing to worry about there. And Ender and Ciarte had a big game, one of the two home run hitters. Uh, he's now up to 10 on the season, also two stolen bases, up to 17 on the season, and two walks. Two, two, two good for Ender and Ciarte at Coors Field against the Rockies. He is now 18th among outfielders in rotisserie value and 25th in point, points value using CBS, uh, their standard point system. Uh, and really key to his value, I mean, you know, 10 home runs in, in this environment is nothing really amazing. 17 steals is okay. But he's hitting 300. He has scored 77 runs. So it's not such a bad thing having Freddie Freeman and Nick Markakis hit a couple spots behind you. Uh, that's really helped NCRT a lot. Uh, both of those players, by the way, hitting for very high averages with runners in scoring positions. And finally, Ian Happ with the two-homer game up to 17. Uh, that against the Reds in that big Reds-Cubs uh, slugfest. He has now hit four home runs uh, in the month of August despite pretty limited play. But uh, he's starting today, right now, game in progress against the Blue Jays. That's three starts in a row for Ian Happ. So with playing time, he's a nice power source. Anyway, a lot more where all this came from in terms of big power games. But before we get to that, we're going to have the power hitter known as Dane Perry on the show for the next segment. So please do stick around for that. We'll be right back. Ezekiel Elliott. Carl Anthony Towns. Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and joining me for this segment, very, very much looking forward to this one, uh, my former colleague over at CBSSports.com, uh, Dane Perry. And uh, not only can you find Dane at uh, CBSSports.com, but uh, he's got a site called Baseball Genres. And uh, Dane, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Al, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. It is, yeah. It's great, great to hear your voice. Uh, good to have you on. And um, the the baseball genres site that you recently launched that, right? Or am I just being an idiot and, and haven't noticed that? No, no, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> it's 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 like ninety nine percent old content that I wrote for night for Fangraphs. But yeah, I did just recently curate that stuff and launch the new site, and I'll be adding to it uh, very periodically. Uh, you know, as time goes on. So just kind of a little. Uh, you know, the world's least lucrative side project and uh, just sort of uh, <laughs> a way to, uh, you know, fit some stuff in that's not really uh, uh, CBS appropriate, we'll say. Okay. All right. I, I think that's uh, that gives us you know, some idea of what to expect there. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good. So uh, do check it out. I have checked it out. And uh, while uh, Dane says it's not lucrative for him, it's uh Lucrative for us. Good, good way for us to to, to use our time. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time to compile all that and, and add to it, as you say, periodically. Uh, so one thing I said, Dane, is I uh, was was uh, priming everybody for your your arrival on the show in an earlier segment, and I said you've you've been opining a lot on the Cardinals on Twitter, and uh, I, I'm surprised that you're now you're based in Chicago, right? I am. Yeah, I am based in Chicago. Uh, however, I grew up in Mississippi. Uh, which is, you know, mostly Braves territory, but it's uh, there's a lot of Cardinals fans down there, and I did indeed grow up a Cardinals fan, so that's, ah. uh, that's still my uh, the team I watch the most. So yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Now I was going to ask you about that, and I mean, I lived in Mississippi very briefly, uh, but uh, yeah, I was in, in northern Mississippi, so closer to Memphis, you know, closer to St. Louis. But um, yeah, I would have guessed yeah. you you'd grown up a Braves fan, so that that would explain it then. So well, I'm, I'm happy yeah, to have I mean, you. Uh, you yeah. see the uh, you see some of the older generation, a lot of Cardinals fans down there because you know the Braves didn't make it there until the '60s. So kind of a generational divide, and I just inherited it from my dad. So oh, okay, all right. Well, that, well yeah. it's it's a, it's a good one. I would I would stick with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> uh, so th- there's a very interesting closer situation there. I went out and spent a, a good chunk of fab money in one league to get Tyler Lyons because it just seems so obvious that he would save games with um, Trevor Rosenthal now on the DL. And then last night, it wound up not being a safe situation, but it, it was Sangwano oh, that was saved for the potential save. Lyons pitched the eighth. How do you see that playing out going forward? Because I, I my, my approach is just to kind of trust trust the skills, and I like Lyons – Lines of skill set a little better, but where, where do you? you yeah, see I, I do too. I mean, I think uh, you know, oh, outstanding last year, but you know, he's at an age where he can decline pretty suddenly. I think probably for the time being, Matheny will play matchups. Uh, you know, if it's a 
if it's a you know right-handed heavy night, then you probably see Owen there. If it's a bit more of a mix, potentially, then you'll see Lions in there. Uh, he also, Matheny seems like a hot hand kind of guy, so if Lions really comes in there and does well and can handle the opposite side, then I think uh, he'll probably uh, favor him a bit more often down the stretch. But I think for right now, it's probably a uh, matchups type of thing uh, that's going to be determined uh, you know, based on the opposing lineup at that particular inning. Well, that's uh, from a fancy perspective, super frustrating. But uh, You're right. I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's that's what real world managers do. They they live to troll us and uh, you know not to cooperate. Right. <laughs> very 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 selfish of them not to take your take your needs into consideration. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, as, as long as we're, we're armchair managing the Cardinals here, you tweeted out a week ago, Molina should be batting lower, and I'd probably start Martinez over Grichik pretty much every day. Grichik's actually had a pretty nice month. Um, he's had a pretty nice week. So uh, I, I want to get to that situation. But uh, do you think that uh, Molina would be dropped in the order? Because just you know the sheer volume of plate appearances gives him some you know quite a bit of fantasy value, if, if not necessarily the rate stats he puts up. So it's kind of important. I mean, do you think there's a possibility that happens? I, I, I suppose it's possible if he hits some really deep struggles. I think if he kind of keeps going uh, as he is, which is, you know, good enough hitter for a catcher, uh, he'll probably stay in there. I mean, Matheny's pretty deferential to Molina. Uh, you know, there's a recent controversy over whether he was tired or not. I think Molina kind of put Matheny in his place there. And, I, you know, and Matheny's generally – deferential to these old line Cardinal veterans, Wayne Wright and Wayne and that sort of thing. So I don't see that kind of thing happening. Uh, probably should at some point, but for now I expect status quo to hold. All right. All right. Well, if you're a Molina owner, that's, that's somewhat uh, reassuring then. And then as far as uh Grichik situation, like I said, playing well, or at least, you know, hitting well yeah. lately, but Jose Martinez, I have to admit that that one's kind of snuck in under the radar on me. He's he's got some really nice stats this year, and then you've also got Tyler O'Neill, who they just recently acquired, uh, hitting for some power Triple A. Uh, do you think Grichik still? I mean, he's been sent down a few times the last couple of years. Is he still looking over his shoulder? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a fluid situation there, but they really seem to like Grichik, and he, you know, as you've noted, he's produced a lot better lately. He's still, you know, going to be a low OBP guy, I think, but he there's no doubt that he can run into one every now and then. And he's looked better at the plate recently. I mean, he's still, you know, you still see some proneness to hard breaking stuff away and it's almost predictable when you see it coming, but you know, he does look better. We'll see if it's sustainable. Uh I think Martinez is a better overall hitter. Grichik probably does provide a little more in the field, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh so I expect uh a job-sharing arrangement, favoring Grichik as the primary guy to continue moving forward. Not sure I see O'Neal making it up before the rosters expand. I think Harrison Bader would probably be uh, – he's on the 40-man, so he'd probably be ahead of him in the queue there. Uh, so, But right now I think it's going to be – they're going to go with what they got on the Major League roster right now. Yeah, uh, well, there's certainly a lot of options. Yeah, you mentioned Bader. We've seen uh, Sierra up uh, a couple of times, so uh, certainly doesn't lack for uh, for competition. And then, uh, of course, uh, probably the along with uh, Rosenthal, the biggest news right now with Wainwright uh, going to be checked out. Um, so I would think probably Luke Weaver is going to see some time in the rotation. Uh, first of all, do you think that's the case? Is it safe to assume Wainwright's going to go on the DL? And if so, what what are your expectations for Luke Weaver? 
I, I would be surprised if Wainwright did not wind up on the DL. He looked just really, really compromised last night, and that's been the case for the last few starts. Uh, you know, he's been a stalwart, been a great, great Cardinal throughout his career. Probably see his number retired by the franchise someday, but he just does not look like a major league pitcher lately. And I think he either needs to get healthy or the Cardinals need to realize that his deep decline phase is set in. Either way, I think Weaver probably is the guy. Uh, you can argue for some bullpen depth need there, but he uh, does seem to be the first in line to replace uh, uh, Wainwright in the rotation. You know, there's John Gant, who's possibly on the radar, but I'm not sure he's going to be the guy. Uh, Weaver, I think, can do well, uh, probably better than Wainwright has. So I think he's going to be the guy moving forward. Uh, we'll have to see if Wainwright makes another start this season. I think he's probably headed to the DL. We'll have to see if he's able to even become a major league great starter uh, at any point this season. So I think Weaver's probably uh, pretty settled in there uh, as we move forward. Okay, okay. Well, uh, Matt Carpenter, I- I've talked about him several times over the course of you know last several weeks, maybe months even, as being sort of a disappointment this year. And it's not you know disaster by any means. Everything's just a little off. The batting average has been uh, sub-250. The power's not quite there to the same degree as the last couple of seasons. I've tried to explain it. I feel like I've not done a very good job of it. So uh, I'm wondering if you can uh, give that a shot. Do you have any, any sort of uh, explanation for why Matt Carpenter has fallen a little short this year? Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. He's he could be a premature decline guy. I mean, he's always been a walks and power type of hitter, and sometimes we see those guys age a bit sooner than we expect. That could be what's going on. Uh, he's become a lot more pull-heavy over the last couple of seasons, which also suggests a guy that's just trying to rip it and, you know, maybe losing the ability to hit to all fields and that sort of thing. He's still so patient at the plate that he's going to be a uh, solid enough hitter, I think, for the near to midterm going to run some high OBPs thanks to that patience and you know still a uh, still got some pop in that bat but you know you wonder if he's going to be able to you know hit in the high 200s as he's been accustomed to doing uh, moving forward so I think it's you know, quite possible that we've seen the best of Matt Carpenter uh, and it's just going to be to the extent he can you know keep his head above water based on drawing walks and uh, hitting extra base power every now and then. All right. Well, uh, you know, I know as as a Cardinals fan, now that I know that you are one, uh, you, you probably have a lot of love for the the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, but uh, uh, you, uh, Dave, you uh, along with the rest of the CBS staff there, you, you do a great uh, daily wrap up of the the previous days and nights action. Uh, really comprehensive stuff. And you wrote the one this Thank morning, or, or maybe it was last night. Um, but uh, you talked about Philip Irvin's big game, and uh, I'm going to get to that in a little bit later in the show but uh, i'm interested it was his first career start um Mm -hmm. he's he's put up some not dazzling but nice minor league numbers probably more useful actually for fantasy owners maybe than for the reds but uh do you do you think he's gonna get much of a look there with jesse winker uh there and and scott shebler uh you know uh, coming off the dl Uh, is he gonna get much of a chance yeah i i He's an interesting case because I'm always fascinated by these guys, these former first-rounders who kind of stall out in the minors. Uh, you know, he's still with the Reds as an organization uh, who drafted him. And, you know, again, former first-rounder, so he's certainly got some baseball skills. I think he even popped up on a you know, top 100 list at one point uh, during his minor league career. So there's a base of skills there. It hasn't put it together yet, but you know there's something there and that – you know, we don't get linear development in baseball. Sometimes guys put it together 
later than you think they would. Sometimes they never put it together. But he could be a guy who is uh, coming into his own finally. Uh, I'm not sure there's a clear path to regular playing time right now, but the Reds, of course, are in rebuilding mode, so they probably want to see what they have in him. Uh, and uh, yeah, obviously, it's a minuscule sample size so far, but he's done nothing but hit since his promotion. Yep. So I think they're going to see what they have there. All right. Well, I, I hope so. It'll be interesting. So, well, Dane, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. All right, Al. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, stick around, folks. We'll be right. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, thanks once again to Dane Perry of CBSSports.com for joining us for that last segment. Always really, really fun to talk to Dane. Uh, had the opportunity when I did work for CBS, uh, even though we didn't work in the, the same location. Uh, you know, got to do that every now and then. And uh, always so much fun to talk baseball with Dane. So uh, let's get back to yesterday's action and talk a little bit about uh, Philip Irvin with Dane. Uh, Going to get to him shortly, but since I wound up the two segments ago talking about Ian Happ, uh, let me stick with a, a Cubs theme here uh, because Alex Avila also had a very nice game. And, of course, a lot of players had a nice game there, uh, that Reds. Cubs game. Uh, of course, a lot of scoring happened while John Lester was in the game there, but uh, then Cubs rallied. Ian Happ was part of that rally. So was uh, Alex Avila. Hit his 14th home run of the season, his 12th double. He walked, so he reached uh, three times in that one. He's only hitting 207 since coming to the Cubs. Uh, it's, he's not had a whole lot of playing time. That's obviously going to pick up and increase uh, with Wilson Contreras uh, out of the lineup, but. Um, you know, so far, just 34 plate appearances for Avila uh, and just a 207 batting average. But that also was his third home run as a Cub. So he has, has not slowed down power-wise, uh, having, you know, had great numbers, uh, particularly power numbers and on-base numbers as a member of the Tigers. So still walking, still hitting uh, home runs for the Cubs. And I have to think that that batting average is going to come up, too, with uh, with more plate appearances for, for Avila. So with so many catchers on the DL right now, uh, Avila's back to being uh, a one-catcher league option again and absolutely must start in two-catcher leagues. But let's uh, get to Irvin uh, again from that same Cubs-Reds game. Philip Irvin, his first major league start. I think it was just his third game overall for the Reds. Uh, Recent call-up for them. Went three for four with his second home run. His first as a starter, uh, his first career double, also walked in that game. And uh, at Louisville, just a two fifty six average. He's not been somebody who's uh, hit for average, and as, as Dane uh, alluded to in the previous segment, somebody with a lot of talent, a lot of skills, who hasn't really quite put it all together yet. Uh, not really a whole lot of power in the minors either. And in the 99 games at Louisville, seven home runs, 
So what I think you could term moderate power. But 23 stolen bases. So right away, uh, if he were to get that longer look that Dane suggested he might get, uh, Irvin could be a stolen base source for us in fantasy. So there's that. That's pretty nice. And uh, has definitely showed good power in a very, very short time uh, so far with the Reds. So, uh, you know, suddenly very intriguing, but a very, very crowded situation there, as I said before, Jesse Winker. Uh, it, it, at some point, I think Scott Shebler, you know, see some time there. Uh, Patrick Hillahan has been kind of working his way into rotation there. So Reds are clearly in a position where they're just going to be giving people looks. And the question is whether or not Irvin's going to be enough of, of a priority there to play close enough to regularly that he would have some value outside of a really deep NL-only league. Maybe you don't get him just yet, uh, especially if it's not a super deep league, but certainly keep an eye on that because with if he was playing four or five times a week in deep leagues, as a if nothing else, as a stolen base uh, producer, he could be worth something. By- Byron Buxton has been producing a lot of stolen bases. Uh, now, Twins had a doubleheader with the Indians uh, yesterday. Buxton started both games. In the second game, he got his 21st stolen base of the season. In the first game, he got his seventh home run of the season. So he was two for seven overall with a walk with that home run and stolen base. And he uh, is now on a seven-game hit streak, which includes both of those games because he... Uh, I think he was one for four in the latter game. Uh, so over those seven games, he is 10 for 24. That's a 417 average with a couple of homers and a couple of steals. So very, very nice. Very small sample to be sure for Byron Buxton. But if you recall, he was red hot last September. A lot of analysts have pointed out that he did a lot of his damage, particularly the home runs, against some pretty weak pitching competition. That's what could happen in September. But you know what? September's coming up really, really soon. Just a couple weeks away. So uh, <laughs> maybe that'll help Buxton. But so far in August, he hasn't really needed the help. So uh, he, he is uh, finally, after uh, you know, sort of a rough season on the whole, showing signs of coming around. Jared Parker has spent the year on the DL, but he is, uh, of course, now back with the Giants and really producing a lot uh, since earlier this month. He's gone 16 for 50, so that's a 320 average. I did that just all in my head right there, doubled the 16 for 50 uh, with one home run, but seven doubles. And Parker, uh, you know, the for me... I thought he could be a nice little power source because that was before you know he got hurt. But uh, I figured it'd be more of the home run variety than the double ver- doubles variety. So a lot of doubles for Parker since coming back uh, on Thursday. He uh, hit two of those doubles, and uh, so those were his only two hits of the game. He did walk. So overall, very nice game for Jarrett Parker. I think this is a case where doubles will turn into homers, particularly on the road. I think. So maybe that's part of what's going on for Parker, too, is just uh, at AT&T Park. Not an easy place at all. In fact, one of the toughest places in the majors to hit a home run, uh, but showing power nonetheless. And Yoma Nkata showed some power on Thursday, going one for three against the Rangers in Texas. Uh, he, hit his, his, he hit his third home run, excuse me, also walked twice. 
but he's only batting 190 so far. And here's a couple of stats for, for Moncada that kind of highlight the dilemma that fancy owners have in, in starting him or even maybe even owning him uh, in just a nutshell. He has struck out in 36% of his plate appearances. And that's not hugely surprising because strikeouts were an issue last year. Uh, it was a concern when he came up very briefly for the uh, for the Red Sox. Um, so that that was always going to be a risk, you figured, with Moncada whenever he came up this year. It seemed like for, we had to wait forever for him to come up. But now he's already played in 25 games, so we have a little bit of a sample size for him. And he's hitting 190 with a 36% strikeout rate. The other number, though, to kind of balance this out, and before you hit that drop button on your roster uh, page <laughs> is uh, he's hitting making or he's making hard contact at a forty five percent rate this year, forty five percent. Now it's not the biggest sample. We'd certainly like to see a bigger sample for Moncada, but that's an extremely high rate. So that certainly gives us a little bit more confidence in what Moncada could do rest of the season. Yeah, there's probably going to be regression, but he'd be regressing from a really extremely good point as far as that goes. So uh, I hold out some hope for Moncada, but the batting average is, is definitely something that you have to have to take into account uh, if you're going to be starting him. So uh, let's uh, go and take a look at the weather for uh, tonight's games. Like I said, we already have one in progress, Cubs and Blue Jays. Uh, but there's a, apparently a lot of rain in the Northeast because there are several games that are in the Northeast that look really, really sketchy. Uh, two in particular, the Red Sox hosting the Yankees. That's 710 Eastern at Fenway. 89% chance of precipitation. That's almost a sure thing, really, uh, at game time. And then it goes down really only slightly after that. Uh, so that's a very, very scary one if you're counting on Jordan Montgomery or Drew Pomeranz. couple lefties scheduled to start that one. So, uh, and of course, any hitters involved. And then also uh, out in Flushing, City Field, Mets hosting the Marlins at 710 Eastern, 65% chance of precipitation at game time, and actually increasing in the two or three hours past that. So that is uh, also very, very sketchy as well. That's going to be Justin Nicolino and Chris Flexen uh, on the mound in that one. And then you know, a few others, too, on the schedule that, uh, like I said, mostly in the Northeast. Although, before I forget, let me mention that the Royals, too. That one looks a little troublesome. 31% chance precip at game time, uh, going up to 40% uh, an hour past game time. And let me just make sure I don't miss anything important here. Orioles, I'd say, was the, is the other one to watch. Hosting the Angels, 705 Eastern at Camden Yards, 22%. Precip chance at uh, game time and, and holding pretty steady afterwards. So a lot to keep track of for your daily lineups as far as the weather is concerned. A whole bunch of lineups just have come out in the last few minutes, so I don't really have time to uh, to plow through those. So uh, I will try to take a closer look at those. Got a break coming up in a couple minutes. Try to do those justice because I try to do those on the fly. It's usually kind of a disaster, and I usually miss something important and say, oh, yeah, by the way, Mike, Tr Mike Trout is out tonight or something like that. So I'll uh, take a closer look at those over the break. Um, also, when we come back, like I said, very, very few 
standout pitching performances uh, on a relatively light schedule yesterday, but good ones, a really great one from Patrick Corbin, a good one from Edwin Jackson, who certainly deserves a little bit of discussion. And Jamison Tyone, is it time to cut bait with him? Another disappointing start from him. Two starts before this one, a little more encouraging, but against the Cardinals, he was out after five innings, uh, giving up four runs. So uh, touch upon that one a little bit too. But now I hear uh, my cue. It's time for us to go to the break. So all that good stuff coming up on the other side. Be right back. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the exclusive edge fantasy football package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Al Melchior. I'm your host of this show, which uh, hopefully you know is called FanRag Fantasy Baseball. So usually I do it in the other order. So switching it around today and also switching around. Usually I get to the lineups a little earlier, but uh, getting to them right now. There's a whole bunch out right now. And right before the break, I said, you know, I've got to look at these carefully so I don't, you know, forget that Mike Trout's out of the lineup. Well, no worries. Mike Trout is in the Angels lineup. Angels lineup is out. Also, tonight is the return of Andrew Heaney coming back from Tommy John's surgery. He's already been activated. Uh, while Mike Trout is in the lineup, Cameron Mabin is not. Ben Revere playing left field and batting leadoff for the Angels. And Adrian Gonzalez has been activated, and he is in the Dodgers lineup. That's Rich Hill and Jordan Zimmerman in that one. Uh, Dodgers-Tigers. And bet you're wondering who then makes way for Adrian Gonzalez. Well, the game's in Detroit. So nobody has to leave the lineup uh, because Corey Seager is DHing, and Chris Taylor is able to play shortstop, and everybody's playing and everybody's happy. I wonder if it'll be Logan Forsyth. That would be my guess. I don't know. Or maybe they rotate. That's probably more likely what happens. Uh, but anyhow, Adrian Gonzalez back and in a lineup batting seventh, by the way, for the Dodgers tonight. Uh, I talked a little, actually twice already on the show about Philip Irvin. And he is not in the Reds lineup tonight. So it's Jesse Winker's turn playing right field and batting seventh for the Cincinnati Reds against Ari Dickey and the Braves. Sal Romano starting for the Reds in that one. And no Chris Davis tonight for the Orioles. Uh, they're playing the Angels. Jeremy Hulkson going for them uh, up against Andrew Heaney. Uh, Anthony Santander starting in right field and batting seventh for the Orioles. So that uh, there's several other lineups out, but those were the major changes that I saw uh, based on uh, my perusal 
of those lineups. So just a few minutes left here. Uh, let's get to the few noteworthy pitching performances from Thursday's games. As I mentioned before, Patrick Corbin nearly had a complete game shutout uh, left after giving up his fourth hit of the night and his first extra base hit, a double to Yuli Gurriel. Still a great line for Corbin, though. Eight and two-thirds, uh, no runs, four hits, one walk. Seven Ks for Corbin, who's just been really solid lately. Uh, this is obviously a step above solid, but he is now on a 17 and two-thirds inning scoreless streak, and over his last 12 starts, a 313 ERA with 78 strikeouts and 18 walks in just 72 innings. So really, really a good run for Patrick Corbin. Uh, pretty close to must start, I would say. Edwin Jackson's pitching well. Uh, went seven innings against the Padres. Yes, I know it's the Padres, and he only got four strikeouts. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's been pretty solid. And the last time that he, he started, and it was a good start, I kind of uh, poo-pooed it in terms of buying into it because he'd given up so many home runs. He's still given up nine home runs over just 42 innings. But he does have a 27% soft contact rate. So seems to be kind of on on both extremes. Um, but maybe I was a little quick, quick to dismiss Edwin Jackson. And finally, Jamison Tyone, I mentioned before the break, uh, another really substandard start for him. Uh, in the second half, he has an 813 ERA. He's allowed a 351 batting average, a 31% line drive rate, only two quality starts and seven tries. So I would say in, in 10 and 12 team leagues that Tyone is, is at this point droppable. Maybe he rebounds. But that's a, an awfully long stretch now where he is just not really had very much consistency. And a lot of the a lot of the peripherals look all right for Tyone, but that's a lot of line drives. Anyhow, that is it for today's show. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there will be no Sunday show this weekend, but I will be back on Monday. So enjoy your weekend, everybody. Have a great one, and uh, see you on the other side of the weekend. Stay tuned for On Target.